Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. The book of Numbers, chapter 22, verse 18 you will find these words. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, though Balak were to give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more. Today, saints of God, I just want to talk with you from the thought, God is bigger than that. God is bigger than that. In the life of a believer, we progress through multiple stages of maturity in the Lord. And in one of our most immature stages, we think we know most about God. It is in our most immature stage when we believe that we have got God figured out. We've read enough chapters of the Bible. Some of us may have gone through some seminary classes. And now we think we understand the totality of God. Maybe we've had some classes on ecclesiology or soteriology or even eschatology. We have learned how to read Hebrew and Greek. We've learned how to conjugate and parse the text, amen. And we have been able to get the central theme of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And at that point, in still yet immature, we believe that we understand God. So when God does something that we don't think fits in the purview of God because it doesn't fit in our purview, then we're saying that could not be true because God's not like that. But I contend today, saints of God, that is a point and a posture of immaturity. But as you progress in God and as you go through experiences in God and God begins to clarify and to bring into fruition the great mosaic that God is building, there are things that God will do that will have us scratching our heads. And as you continue to grow in the grace and mercy of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you begin to shrug your shoulders and you begin to relinquish your ability to understand the totality of God. You get to a point to where when folk trying to argue with you with logic and reason and criticality and all the tools that man has at their disposal, you will have to let them know that you got to believe it by 
faith. You're not going to be able to figure it out. God has not given you everything so you can put it all together. As we talked about in Sunday school, it may be a 500-piece jigsaw puzzle and God only gives you 250 pieces because he don't mean for you to see the whole picture. He means for you to believe it by faith. For faith, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things what? Not seen. Amen. We don't live by sight. We live by faith. So we are in a perplexing situation as believers because in the human conditions, Sister Penman, we want to understand the full picture. We want to understand where we're starting and where we're finishing. We want to know what's on the road. Is it going to be gravel or is it going to be asphalt? Are there bumps in the road? Are there potholes? I don't want to mess up my tires. But God on our journey does not give us that full picture. So we may be surprised down the road that a pothole is there and it causes us to have a flat. But even though it's a bad situation, it does not mean it's not working for our good. Never forget the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 that says, All things work together for the good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Sometimes flats are part of God's purpose. Sometimes disappointments and, 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 and un, uh, unfulfilled dreams are part of God's purpose. Sometimes God says no. Because not because he's not going to say yes, but he's going to say yes to something that's better than what we're asking for. The Apostle Paul, amen, knows it well. Being the great Apostle Paul, he even understands no from God. The Apostle Paul said he had a thorn in the flesh. And he asked God three times and the Lord said no. But what the Lord did say is my grace is sufficient for you. And God is saying that to us as well. Even in the times when we feel like we're not going to make it, we feel like that we've run out, we feel like we've thrown up our hands and we can't do nothing else, God's saying, my grace is sufficient. But today I want you to know that grace pushes you forward. Grace is just not a word that sits on a corner and then cries out grace, but it is an active word in our lives. It is God's resources at Christ's expense. It is God pushing us forward by grace. Amen. It is the apostle Peter that says that God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. See, grace in that context allows us to know if we will be humble and bow our heads to the Lord God Almighty and say, Lord, I can't do this. Lord, I need you to do this for me. God said, now there's somebody who's humble. There's somebody who's not trying to pick themselves up by their own bootstrap. There's somebody who's not trying to say that they're the captain of their own ship. I got some grace for them. Oh, you want to do this in your life and ain't got no money to do it? Here's some money. Here's some resources. Here's some folks go for it because now you putting me God says where I'm supposed to be and you're where you're supposed to be and when you are in that place giving glory to God and letting God be God God wants to work in your lives in supernatural ways and unexpected ways that you would never think would be possible 
And God can work quicker than we could ever measure. Any way that we strategically or tactically plan, God can thwart all of that and move in such a way that will shunt all of our activity. But you got to leave room for God. See, there's something about God, amen, that we have been able to glean from the word of God and experientially in our lives is that God is a gentleman. He will not force himself on you. If you don't want God, God said, okay, well, you can have it on your own. And that's the last thing you want to do. You say, I'm out of here. And God says, you out of here. See, that's a bad place to be. When you said, I'm out of here, and God said, you out of here. You want to be in a place to have your doors open to God doing whatever he wants to do in your life. However he wants to do it, wherever he wants to do it, whenever he wants to do it. You got to open the doors. You got to say, Lord, have your way. Even though sometimes it's not comfortable, the speed at which God can take you. He can sometimes take you so fast that you're uncomfortable. And then other times he takes you so slow. But I say all this to say is I I want you to to get into the mindset that God is bigger than that. I, I want you to realize that our minds are finite and God is infinite. There's a problem with trying to use a finite mind, Sister Terry, to understand an infinite God. The mind can only go so far, amen, because it has a definite endpoint, but God doesn't have one. So therefore, what we must do is we must come to the Lord in a position of humility, not coming as if we understand God, but let God give us the picture and let him give to us the understanding. We ought to not lean onto our own understanding, but in all our ways we ought to acknowledge him. And he will direct our paths. See, that's the formula, amen, from Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord and lean not unto your own understanding. See, we, we, we spend our lives trying to put ourselves down. Because, see, we don't, we don't went to, some of us went to school. We done learned a few things. And some things seem to repeat that we actually understand that it's repeatable and it's, it, it, it makes sense. But we cannot apply that to the Lord because he's too big. God is bigger than logic. He's bigger than rationale. He's bigger than our experiences. God is bigger than that. We are encumbered with our ability to move forward in the mission and the vision that God has in our lives because doubt creeps in when we try to lean unto our own understanding. It causes us to fail and to falter on what God is doing in our lives. Sometimes we say, I I, I can't do all of this. I'm working all day 
Amen. I'm working the weekends. I don't have time to add that to my schedule. And God is saying, you do. But I'm not going to force it on you. Open your doors and I'll show you you got more time than you think you got. God is able to do some things in some miraculous way. He can shift and shape and move and turn stuff and move folks left and right and open up opportunity and close up others. He can stop this from happening and start that before you can bat an eye. God is bigger than that. Today, I give you a story to, to help solidify this whole idea of God being bigger than that. It is a story about a prophet. It's a story about a prophet that's an unlikely suspect, an unlikely prospect of being a prophet of God. But yet God uses this unlikely individual for his purpose. The story takes place in the book of Numbers during a time at which the Israelites, amen, are moving in their journey toward the promised land. They have found themselves in a circle because they have mumbled and grumbled against the Lord. But praise be to God that their demise was not predicated upon their disobedience. But God said that I will sustain them despite their mumbling and grumbling. They're going to be in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years for a 3 to 10 day journey because of their disobedience but their preservation was not based on their actions but it was based on the promises of the Lord so Lord promised that he would not let the soles of their shoes wear out amen they would be walking all this time but they would never run out God still had a purpose for them. And in the midst of this purpose, amen, the Israelites dealt with all types of challenges. Amen? There, there were all kinds of issues. And here we find in our text there is a challenge for the people of Israel. But I say that this story is more about God than it is about Israel. It's more about God than it is about Balak. It's more about God than it is about Balaam. The story is that Balak, a man, uh, was a king who was afraid of the Israelites because he had heard of how the Israelites had been conquering a man and that he was concerned about his own kingdom. So Balak, being a shrewd king being a shrewd leader he went and found the prophet Balaam 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 is a prophet that is not an Israelite and Balak wanted to hire him to curse the Israelites so Balak um, came to Balaam and it was 
for a good reason because Balaam had bad character. I talk about this on other occasions that the character of an individual does not determine their giftedness. You can be gifted and still have bad character. Romans chapter 11 talks about how gifts are given without repentance. There are some folk who are gifted, amen, but their character is really bad. But God even can use them to bless his people because God is not dependent upon you. We are dependent upon him. So here is Balak trying to get the prophet Balaam to curse the people of God. The prophet Balaam, amen, is a prophet of God. See, this is a place where folk get all messed up because they look and they see Balaam and they see Balaam because he's not an Israelite and he's got bad character. Folks say that he is not a prophet of God. But I contend today that he is a prophet of God and that he is still going to be used by God for God's purpose despite his character flaws. I bring this up because God is bigger than that. Some people want to argue and fuss that Balaam is not a prophet of God because he's not an Israelite and because he's got bad character. Well, now you have limited God in such a manner that God's got to be limited to a people who were not meritocracies in the reason why they were chosen by God. They were just as reprobate and just as evil as any other kingdom, as any other people. But God chose them because of his good pleasure. Over time and time again, the Israelites sinned in the sight of the Lord. Time and time again, God has to judge them. Why? Because they're just as sinful as anybody else. See, that's where we go along or wrong a lot of times. We try to set some folks who have been chosen by God up above those who have not been chosen. But the only reason why we are who we are is by the grace of God. Paul says it right. He said, by the grace of God, I am who I am. See, what you must realize is that everything is at the same level at the cross. When Jesus Christ died, he didn't just die for a few folks, he died for the world. Because it's the entire world that has the problem of sin that has fallen short of the glory of God. None righteous, no, not one. So here we've got a situation where we've got a prophet who is a prophet of God, but he's not an Israelite. And he's got bad character. Well, everything that we see about Balaam here would tell us that he is not a prophet of God. But the Bible clearly says that he is and that the Lord spoke with him. In this text, Balak has done all he can to use this bad character prophet to curse the people of God. And what we find is that Balak gives a, or Balaam gives a truth to Balak that we all must understand. Look at verse 18. Then Balaam answered and said to the servants of Balak, Though Balak were to give me his house full 
of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord. I say this today because I want us to, to exercise our minds in such a way that we don't try to overthink what God is doing. And don't try to overthink what God is not doing. Sometimes we can look at the behavior of other folk and believe that God is not working in their lives. Because it does not line up with what we would consider the picture-perfect personality that would fit that role. Are you following me? Balaam is not even close to the personality that you would look for a prophet. I mean, he doesn't fit anywhere near an Elijah. Amen. <laughs> even our little Elijah right there, he don't fit in that category. Amen. Nor does he fit in an Isaiah or, or Ehud or a Deborah or a Barak. He doesn't, he doesn't fit a, a, a uh, Joel or an Amos or a Micah or Obadiah or Nahum. He doesn't fit a Habakkuk, does he? He, do, he doesn't fit a Haggai or a Malachi. No. He's an unlikely suspect of being a false prophet instead of a true prophet of God because his character is flawed. But I want you to, to open your minds and to allow God to show you that he's bigger than that. He, he's bigger than a, a, a color or a creed. He, he's bigger than an ethnicity or a socioeconomic level. He, he's bigger than a station in life. There are folk on the street today that can teach you the word of God and teach me. There have been times in my life, amen, and I've shared this with my wife as well, that we have been out on the streets of Ivanhoe, amen, off of 39th, and run into a drunk man. The man is reeking of alcohol, amen, as he's coming up on him. And we're beginning to try to share the gospel of Christ with him. And all of a sudden, the man begins to speak of the word of God and begins to speak of Jesus and goes back to the Old Testament and starts to talk about Melchizedek. He begins to talk about him as the king of, of Salem. He, he, he was the, the one who had no beginning or ending of days. He began to speak with us and to edify us out of his drunkenness. He began to talk about he was of the order of Melchizedek, this Jesus Christ that you're talking about. This man who is an alcoholic that's on the street begins to speak the word of God and to encourage us while we are trying to reach him. Because he was an unlikely suspect. He did not fit the picture purpose, per per perfect personality of a Christian. But this man knew the word of God. And he was being used by the Lord to encourage us while we're trying to reach him. You, you don't know who God is using and how he's using them and what they look like. We got to stop putting up our own poster boards of what a Christian looks like or what somebody who is being reached by God looks like and let God be God because he's bigger than that. Amen. 
So Balaam, this unlikely suspect, amen, tells Balak through his servants, look man, I can't do no more than what God gives me to do. Even in my own character, I want to, but I can't. He said, I want to go to Balak and say, give me the money. Give me the money and I'm going to go down here and curse the Israelites. But I can't. As bad as my character is, I'm still in the hands of the Lord. I want you, saints of God, to think about the people in our country that you don't think God is using. And when you come to those in your mind, scratch that out. Because God is bigger than that. There are some folk God is using right now to do a work that you don't understand. But God does. Because he's got the big picture. You know what that causes me to do? It causes me to shut my mouth and start praying. It causes me to stop and close my mouth and start praying. Because I realize I don't know everything that God is doing. I don't know all the people that God is using. Even if it looks like he's not. By all intents and purposes, it did not look like God was using Balaam. Because the text goes on to say that Balaam took a trip going to Balaam to try to see if all this is going to work. He talked with the Lord about this. I mean, he was so messed up, he was trying to talk to the Lord about going to see Balak. And the Lord was telling him, uh-uh, don't you go there. But his character was messed up, so he still was trying to go. Verse 38 says, and Balaam said to Balak, look, I have come to you. Look, man, I done made the trip to you, man. We, I, I, I want to be on your team. Now, have I any power at all to say anything? The word that God puts in my mouth, that must I speak. He said, Balak, man, listen, I, I wanted to do this deal, but I don't have the power to do it. I'm still under the auspices of God. <laughs> Even if I want to, and I, I sure want that money. You got some fat dollars and you got some nice stuff that I've been wanting to sport, and I, I want it, but I can't go past the word of the Lord. See, there's some folk that want to do a lot of stuff, including Satan, but he can't go past the word of the Lord. <laughs> so that causes us, should cause us to get quiet and start praying. When we get ready to put our mouth on somebody, we hear, oh, slow down. We don't really know what God is doing here. We need to start praying. And even if we have determined that they are our enemy, <laughs> we have the Friday night study, uh, Sister V, amen, where we found out in the fifth chapter that Jesus said, uh, you have heard that it was said <laughs> to love your neighbor and to hate your enemy. <laughs> Jesus said, but I say to you, 
Love your enemy. Do good that hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. See, Jesus turned that thing around. Because that's really where we need to be. Because we really don't know who really is our enemy. We think we know, but we don't quite know. We don't quite know. And so Balaam, in all that what he did, it's a big story. I would love for y'all to take some time out doing your week. Amen. And to start, even before Balaam comes on the scene, start back in 21 and read through chapter 24. And just start to see how God worked in the life of this prophet that was an unlikely suspect because he wasn't even an Israelite and he was trying to get some dollar bills, amen, to curse the people of God. But all he ended up doing was blessing him. Every time Balaam tried to curse him, he ended up blessing him. Every time he tried to put his mouth on him, he ended up lifting him up. Four times you will find in the text that he pronounced a blessing on the children of Israel. I want you to know that there's some folks who would, for their selfish reasons, Sister Lance, they try to curse you. They try to take your house and your car, amen. They try to take your husband out of his business. They try to do it all. But they can only go as far as the word of the Lord. And this goes for those who know him and those who do not. Everybody is still in the hands of the Lord. Never forget that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That means everything that's on the earth and they that dwell in it. The people are not exempt. Open your minds and let God be God because he's bigger than that. And I want you to know that will take a load off your shoulders. That'll take some stress out of your day. That when you are toiling and sweating over somebody who looks like they are uh, for your bad, amen. They just may be for your good because God is bigger than that. If there's nothing else that you got today is that you can rest in the Lord. That when you think somebody's got something going on that's going to be to your demise, don't forget that greater is he that's within you than he is in the world. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper, even though they come in like a flood, that God can raise a standard against them because God is bigger than that. He's bigger. So instead of putting a mouth on them, pray for them. Because even if it does turn out that they are your true enemy, amen, that is to pray for them because nobody... Nobody, no matter how vile they are, nobody needs to go to hell. And the reality is the worst serial killer is just an iota movement away from you and I. If the Lord did not put his hand on us, we could be just that person. We could be that serial killer. We could be the cop killer, the children killer. We could be some of these that go into the schools and shoot up the school and the kids. It could be us. Because without the hand of the Lord, we are subject to do anything. Because now we're at the will and the way of the enemy. And he don't love nobody. He came to steal, kill, 
and destroy. So saints of God, as I close today, I just wanted to spend a little time with you in this story, amen, to expand our minds. Because God wants to do some great things with some people. And he don't need a lot of people to do it. And he don't need us to get too encumbered on what we think we see. But to remember that God is bigger than that. We are living in a time, saints of God, the spirit of the Lord expressly said, we are living in a time that it looks like the doors of opportunity are being closed. But in reality, for the kingdom of God, the doors of opportunity are being opened. See, the society and the world wants you to watch their doors. When you're reading the media and you're doing that, you're watching their doors. So they're complaining about their doors. Are y'all listening? Them doors are not our doors. That's their doors. We got a whole separate set of doors. Because we're not of this world. We're of another kingdom whose king is Jesus Christ. So why you watch the doors of the world shut and everybody's crying foul? Look in your own kingdom and look to the Lord Jesus. Amen. To see where he's opened doors that they cannot see. Amen. I want to encourage y'all today to not give up and not, not, not feel like there's nothing left to do. Everything is closing up because no, not in the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is 180 degrees opposite of the kingdom of the word. Amen. Amen, saints of God. So be encouraged, amen, that when you see things, realize that God is bigger than that. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, our Father, Lord, we bless your name, Master, for revealing to us your word on today. Lord, we need you and Master to expand our minds, Master, to encourage our hearts, Master, to be about your business. Master, we are continually amazed by how you work in ways that we don't understand. Lord, help us to look at one another, Master, and see how the Lord is working in our lives. Let us look at other ministries and how they're working out of lack, but yet they have an abundance. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that New Zion be one of those places that by all logic and reason that it's a place of lack, but yet it operates out of a place of abundance. That, Lord, you be the bridge over troubled waters. You be the way out of no way. You be the doors that we cannot see. You be the resources that, are, that you're making something out of nothing. And, Master, in the name of Jesus, Lord, keep every heart in this place. Lord, set us on fire for your mission. Lord, help us to be those who are reaching out to a world that's going to hell in a handbasket. That men, women, boys, and girls might know of the reality of serving a true and living God. That we snatch them out of the fire that wants to burn them up and forevermore. Master, keep us in your care, Master. Because we realize that we can do nothing without you. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, 
wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's CastBox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings, and hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast, and for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you, and God keep you, is my prayer.